0: Okay, so let's put together a starting lineup, shall we? This might be kind of fun. Here it is.
1: Secret weapon! Swish, swish, swish. Nothing but that.
0: Welcome back, everybody. It's wait, is, is that our intro? Man, yeah, I was about so to say, long. how do we start this thing? I don't even remember. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. It's secret weapon. Secret weapon. Secret weapon. Man, we're back from uh, summer vacation, or winter mm-hmm. vacation, or summer camp, or whatever it is. We've been in. A, we've been on a long vacation, Andrew. How, mm-hmm. how how are you doing? Are you you all right? Everything good? Yeah, the
1: uh, podcast lockout has been good um <laughs> the the guys at uh the podcast um uh, central they've been holding out on their players so uh, <laughs> but we're finally back uh i'm doing okay I'm a little tired you know got a lot of things going on um i don't know what what have we missed my birthday uh, was in yeah. december did we go over that mm-hmm.
0: we did um, a long time ago <laughs> uh we talked about your engagement uh-huh
1: do we talk? Anthony Davis is on the Lakers. Do we know that? Ooh,
0: maybe. Maybe.
1: Um, I'm not even sure. Yeah. What, what else? Tim Duncan retired?
0: <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, uh, cut this. Make sure you cut all this. Right? Nonsense. <laughs> hey, Mike. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we're back. Uh, it's been it's been a couple of weeks, right? At least, it might have even been a month since we last recorded. Jeez, yeah no. it might have been yeah. like three weeks yeah three weeks yeah that sounds yeah. more accurate but um how about you are... mr busy man mr pod himself hey dude i'm i i am like you i'm feeling a little tired a little fatigued you know not not from podcasts or anything just life you know work's been picking up a little bit and a lot's been going on so mm-hmm. um yeah is your middle name podcast now legally or um no no, I've been given a new nickname by my friend Josh Spice, but I'll save that for another time. But <laughs> I've got a new persona. Okay, that I'm, I'm that excited. I'm but uh, anyway, hey, look, we are, what's today, Monday? Man, we're recording on a Monday. Strange, right? Mm-hmm. We, we never record on a Monday, but um, we're coming off the heels of the NBA All-Star Game that um, I did not watch because I was not interested even 1%. Dude, same. Um, I was
1: hoping you would have watched it.
0: Nah, bro. <laughs> I really was not into. D- dude, okay. So maybe we could start here. I mm. actually hated the fact that we had an All Star Game. Um, mm-hmm. for me, the idea of players coming in from different parts of the country and different teams gathering together for a like a mid season celebration and then going back to all their teams and staff members and families, like I actually hated the idea and. I was proven right by sunday you know with what happened with Embiid and simmons and i mean you know we don't know what's going to come from that but my thing was why did we run that risk i think we could have just named all-star teams we could have given everyone that honor and just skipped Mm -hmm. the game like would would life have been that bad if we didn't have that dunk contest that disgusting dunk contest or the skills competition and like i know the three-point contest was really exciting but could we not have lived without that and so I actually hated the fact that we had it.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not a huge All Star Weekend guy. I mean, of course, everyone's going to watch the the dunk contest or at least the highlights of it. The three point contest is all right. Um, I mean, it's probably a little bit entertaining, but the skills challenge really is is like why? Do, like, why did they make it like that? I don't even understand. <laughs> like, nobody feels like they're like really trying to win. Um, the celebrity game. I mean, who who really cares, you know? Like, I think so there's, a of, yeah, there's a lot on this year. There's a lot of uh, aspects to the All-Star weekend that I feel like could be made much better. And, I mean, I think we brought this up last time, but I think the All-Star game itself last year was, like, the greatest All-Star game we've watched in a long time. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they brought a similar format this year, but I feel like this year the players were not really interested in, yeah. in winning. Uh, last year it was, like, it felt like the freaking NBA finals. Like it was so intense at the end. Now now I was like locked in and I couldn't take my eyes off of it either. But this year I feel like, yeah, people just they didn't really care. Um, they didn't really, yeah. Like they didn't want to win, you know, like it was a pretty much a blowout win. Um, and like, you know, low key, I think the uh, conspiracy theories and in Simmons, like they didn't want to be there either. They just made <laughs> up this barber thing. And they're like, Hey, this is our past not to be at the all-star weekend. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was so non-interesting. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you a little bit, like, why even have it? Um, especially that dump contest was so booty. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then I think the most entertaining aspect of the weekend was probably the three-point contest, mm-hmm. uh, which was pretty crazy, actually. I, I watched Steph's run at it, and, mm. again, it was, it
0: was pretty good. It was pretty fun. Andrew, are you, um, like, if you were... A contestant are you more of a three-point shootout guy or are you a skills challenge guy you're done contest guy who are you if you like as a player as a player dang mm-hmm. which one would you thrive at? i mean i can't dunk uh or <laughs> I, I
1: can't even touch the net but um mm-hmm. which is sad because i'm like six two but uh mm-hmm. i probably have to be skills challenge right because okay. i'm not gonna win the three-point contest um yeah or i mean you know i i can do like maybe a dance dance off i think i think they that's something that the all-star game might want to be interested in investing in because that clip of you know Shaq dancing off with like lebron and them lebron yeah i come back to that video kind of often actually i don't know why but it's a pretty entertaining video um
0: you're you're a pervert
1: (laughs) um well this year they didn't have like the the freshman uh soft more game right yeah. Or have they stopped that the the, and the world versus uh usa
0: games um sorry what, what was your question sorry Andrew. did they I get rid that. of the um sophomore game oh, oh, oh the rising stars yeah. game yeah. i think they just like didn't play it this year um i might be wrong maybe they did play it or i wasn't paying attention but i think like so i okay maybe people might think we're crazy people might say we're in the minority but i feel like that's just this kind of just shows how not interesting the all-star weekend is right now like if you look at the dunk contest like none of the best players are in that like Cash Stanley like I know who Cash Stanley is because you know I I'm I'm a draft guy and you know I watch like high school basketball when I can and watch a lot of college basketball so Cash Stanley is like a name that I know from Sierra Canyon and then his Duke days but like I know a lot of people like even today like Bill Simmons and Ryan Rossillo, they're saying like Bill had no idea who Cash Stanley was and Bill like watches a ton of basketball And I think, like, that really shows, like, this is what's going on right now with the dunk contest. They can't get any Mm -hmm. of the stars to compete, and you have, like, G League guys coming in there, and people are just bored out of their minds. And not to mention the fact that you can see so many different dunk contests on YouTube and stuff, so, like, no one's really impressed by these dunks anymore. Albeit, I I thought some of them were actually pretty damn good. But overall, man, like, it's kind of boring. And, um... The all-star game was kind of boring. The dunk contest was kind of boring, like everything, you know? And Mm -hmm. once again, like even the three-point contest, like I think we could have done without all of that this weekend and just thought about, hey, the players should be safe. We're trying to finish a 72-game season. Why not keep our players safe? And like, okay, Andrew, for me, I think this goes to a larger point. Like I I think like we gave the NBA, and we've talked about this before on this pod, but – we've given like the NBA so much praise for what they did or what they accomplished at the bubble. But I feel like since then, like has it been that great? I, I don't know. Like we've seen a lot with the NBA this season that just like, that's not fun. Like once again, I-, I really hate the fact that they had all-star weekend. The refs are ruining games, right? The reviews and all this stuff, like the last five minutes of an NBA game. Now it takes 45 minutes. And it's like the quality of what we're watching on TV is it- it's boring. It's not mm. as good, you know, and, and, I, and I feel like at the same time, like what they're doing, like I know they're trying their best with COVID protocols. But at the same time, like I don't like I, I still kind of feel like they can be better. Like you can't just be like, hey, like, you know, we're going to come down on you guys for greeting players after the game. And then like nothing's happened. We, we don't see them finding anybody. We don't see any suspensions for that. Players are still hugging. They're still kissing. They're still trading jerseys. So like what, what was all that? What was all that Mm -hmm. talk about you guys like coming down on them and there haven't been any repercussions at all. So, you know, I, I, I think in a larger landscape, larger picture type of thing, like I, I I am a little, I, I'm not like super impressed with what the NBA has done this season. And I think my biggest thing was all-star game. I actually really didn't agree with their decision to hold it. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm not really impressed with the NBA so far. For Sure. And I think what, uh, just kind of like, you know, summarizes, uh,
1: what this weekend was about is, you know, it's team LeBron versus team Durant and there's a neat team named team Durant and KD didn't play, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, like, what are we doing here? You know, like what, what is even the purpose here? Um, so yeah, it feels super forced, um, super unnecessary. <laughs> Nobody wins from this, um, Maybe, uh, who won the dunk contest? I don't even see, like, I don't even know his name. Anthony and, Simons. Very, again, a player I only know because like, you know, I rip open like, card packs before, Yeah. but, um, again, like maybe he's the only winner out of this cause his name kind of <laughs> shines a little bit, but really, yeah. What a waste of a weekend, but not even just a waste, but like we're risking the yeah. season and the NBA by doing this. Um, yeah, so yeah. I'm on board with you. I, I agree with I with what you're saying, and think
0: the NBA should have reconsidered a lot of things <sighs> for sure. Yeah, but hey, th- this is this is what we can do. You know, we're now looking at the second half of the NBA season, and I think this is going to be fun. I think our our episode today, what we want to do for our listeners, for who, who knows how many listeners do we even have anymore? Andrew, I don't even know if you guys are still listening with us. Respect to you guys. We love you mm-hmm. guys. We are not worthy of your love, but you're here. So buckle up, because we actually have a lot prepared for you guys today. And um, yes, what we really want to do is we want to kind of prep you guys for the second half of the NBA season, because there are some teams that we're highlighting here that we think are interesting, that we think um, should be, that you guys should be paying attention to. And I, I think a, a big part of me wanted to start with Brooklyn, with everything that's going on. But, like, Ooh. you know how much I hate Brooklyn, so I want to kind of put them to the back burner a little bit or as far as I can. And what I wanted to start with today, Andrew, is I wanted to throw you a bone. I wanted to give credit where credit is due. I wanted to pat you on the back, give you a little victory lap, because (laughs) you were really high on the Philadelphia 76ers coming into the season. And Mm. why you were so high on them um, is still up for debate. We don't know if you read it off a fortune cookie. We don't know (laughs) if you had a bunch of names in a bag and you told your fiance to pick one. We don't know. But you were high on the Sixers. You were high on Embiid. You are high on Doc, Doc Raspy Voice vi- Rivers. Mm-hmm. And here we are. And they're, you know, I, I think, I don't think it's crazy to say that they're the, the best or second best team in the East right now. And mm-hmm. your boy, JoJo, Joel, trust the process, Embiid is pretty much the runaway MVP winner so sure. far, you know, halfway through the season. And so, what I wanted to do, Andrew, is I, first of all, I want to give you a little bit of a victory lap, but I, I guess a good place to start is I want to hear your thoughts on what we've seen so far from Joel Embiid. I want to hear if, number one, how do you feel about what you've seen? Number two, do you feel like he can keep this going to the end and win? the the mvp and what are maybe some concerns that you have that might keep him from doing that um yeah i mean first off you know
1: i'm gonna be honest i'm surprised and impressed by myself at myself too (laughs) (laughs) you know i threw that that was a shot in the dark and Mm. i think if you go back to that episode i i did say like my super super dark horse like i didn't even Mm. say it with even a lot of confidence, but whatever, you know, I'll take it if I can. Uh, Yes. I was high on uh, Embiid and I've always been really high on Embiid. Embiid has always been one of my favorite players um, mainly because, you know, he's kind of like the only back to the basket, you know, big guy we have left, you know, and like, he's very reminiscent of Hakeem, which is another player that I really love. So yeah, I I love Embiid, you know, I feel like Embiid's biggest uh, hurdle in his career has always been, again himself uh it's always Mm. been injury um it's always been being in shape um and if you really think about it there hasn't really been like a team or a player um like specifically that's given him like like particularly a lot of trouble right it's we've whenever we pit Embiid against another player, like another big man, like we're never like, oh, Embiid is easily the the lesser player here. No, like he's mm-hmm. really goes head to toe to toe and head to head with all the biggest uh, men in the league. And I think uh, he's definitely one of the most skilled he has. He, yeah, again, he's the only one who plays back to the basket really still. And, uh, he's evolved his game to you know developing that outside jump shot i mean I, th- I think he's always had that touch but like now it's really part of his arsenal he can mm-hmm. even shoot it from range um he can really do it also i think mb you know it's if like i know it's easy to say now because he's playing so well but i think that skill set and that um that structure was always there for him to succeed um it just kind of like took some time and I think, I think we have to give Doc Rivers a lot of credit, too. I feel like out of all the coaches Embiid has had, um, nobody was able to really bring this out of him. Um, now, I don't know if that's Doc Rivers or it's just him being in his, like, what is it like his fifth year sixth year in the, in the league um so uh yeah but I, I do want to give credit to doc rivers for that um but yeah let me just read you his stats real quick for the season mm-hmm. super impressive uh 30 he's averaging 30 points a game uh 11 rebounds three assists and i think the most impo- uh, important stat here is his field goal percentage is 52 percent you know mm-hmm. that's that's yeah, I'm really impressed by that stat. His 3-point field goal percentage is 41.6 and his mm-hmm. free throws at 85.6. So, you know, these are uh, percentages that like like Kyle Corver was was doing you know like in his like 50 40 90 year um and so for a big man to average this uh these kind of stats I think is super impressive uh so going back to your question about what what is it going to take for him to win MVP this year I agree with you I think he's in the front running um and I think I feel like it's pretty clear to me I don't think I mean a yeah. lot of players are having great seasons but to me Embiid is the clear standout he's he deserves it uh his team is currently number one in the east um <clears throat> And he's been playing lights out. Um, and like one thing that doesn't go really on paper, but in the clutch moments, like in the last couple minutes of the, every game, if needed, I think Embiid is their guy. I think they always turn to him. And um, even in last year's all-star game, like for that team, oh, yeah. Embiid was the one taking those last shots. Um, so I really like that about Embiid. And I think he deserves MVP. I think the only hurdle really is if he gets hurt. And I think, Doc Rivers has been good about his minutes and um, just like keeping them off the floor when he needs to. And so there have been many games sat and be and there've been, um, um, I don't know, like whether they covered up with COVID or whatever, like, you know, I'm sure a lot of times they can sneak that in there as an excuse not to play. Um, right. <clears throat> but yeah, I think his load management is good. Um, he looks like he's, he's focused. He looks like he's in shape. He looks like, like really he he's really developed you know like he knows himself well he knows his game well um and the team is like thriving too so uh, we love to see it i love him be definitely trust the process man he mm. this has definitely been a process for him um yeah well, i talked about him a lot right now but um mm-hmm. just happy i i love to see a player like him come to like you know such a great achievement and right. um I'm I'm excited actually really about what's gonna happen in the playoffs with this team and yeah. how he's gonna do. So, yeah,
0: yeah, I, I agree with pretty much everything that you said, man. I, I think um, like a p- pivotal moment for him was last year when he was, he had that interview with Shaq and uh, while it was like a post-game thing and Shaq was really, Shaq really gave him a challenge, you know, to, to be more aggressive, to be more, you know, everything. And as you mentioned, the the numbers look great, right? His Mm -hmm. his true shooting percentage right now is like 64%. His PER is 31.1. And like historically, if if you got a P and now PER is a flawed stat, but if your PER is over 30, we're talking about like hall of fame level, great players. And he's playing really Mm -hmm. great. And, For him to be seven foot and shooting 85% from the free throw line, I think is amazing. I think the 41% from three is a little bit uh, misleading just because he's only taking three attempts per game, but still, still Mm. the threat is there, right? Like players know guys who are guarding Joel Embiid. It's not like, Hey, like if he's shooting a three, like that's what we want. Now he's hitting it enough where it's actually a threat. Right. As you mentioned, the 52 percent from the field, like he's playing incredibly, incredibly well. And if you look at his usage, like his usage rate is ridiculously high, as you mentioned, right, in terms of how much they rely on him. And so I think all of that considered, like I think it's really, really encouraging to see because when he came came into the league, there were a lot of questions about his health if he was going to stay healthy, he was such a, he wasn't just tall. He was a ma- freaking massive human being. He was tall mm-hmm. and athletic and wide and big shoulders. And he had it all. And to see him putting it together right now and having a great season, I think the only point where I'm a little concerned is the injury thing, right? We have to really hope and pray that he stays healthy. You've got to hope and pray that nothing happens to him where he gets hurt. And so if that can happen, I think that works. And, um, I I think something to consider big picture wise is like, I don't know, when you watch them play, like they're definitely better. I like the Seth Curry piece. Um, Dwight's been playing actually pretty decently for them. I like Shake Shake Melton when he comes in, good shooter. My only concern is like, and this is a good place for us to transition. I think, I feel like a big part of me still doesn't love how they look on offense with him and Simmons. Like, I think on the off- offensive side of it, like it's still not like a fit, like a glove type of fit with those two. But mm-hmm. we have to say Simmons is such a supernova when it comes to d- defense. He's such a freaking great defender. I think the uh, the really good example is that Utah game and Utah, they came into that game against Philly with all the momentum. The whole league was talking about them saying, you know, they're, they're real title contenders, blah, blah, blah. And Simmons, He took Mitchell to school. He put him in his pocket and said, you know what? You're not going to have the type of game that you think you're going to have. And that's really the power of Ben Simmons, where Ben Simmons might be the most versatile uh, and scary defender in the league right now with what he does Mm -hmm. with his head and his body and uh, everything. And so my concern is this, right? As great as Simmons is on the defensive side, still offensively the fit isn't beautiful. Simmons still can't shoot. You know, the the floor is a little tighter with him and Joel. Uh, my, My question is, will they have enough juice in the playoffs to beat a Brooklyn, to beat an Indiana, to beat a Milwaukee? And I say Indiana, people might scoff at me with Indiana, but hey, they have Karis LeVert coming. He's coming. And that's um, – it's shocking and it's amazing. And, you know, like that's a beautiful for him that he's going to recover from from uh, cancer and, and come back to play this season. But if he comes back, that's another wrinkle in their offense, right, to go with all the stuff that Sabonis is doing for them. And he's had such an amazing year for them. And then Milwaukee, you know, we just saw Joel win MVP of the All-Star Game and who knows what kind of momentum he's going to have. We'll talk about Brooklyn la- later. But, Andrew, let's have this discussion. Do you feel like <sighs> – you know what let's just get to the bottom of it you feel like philly will come out of the east and represent the east in the finals like do you feel like they can actually do it
1: yeah so i mean all of your concerns are valid and i'm 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 on board with that i feel like if i'm a team playing against philly you know in the playoffs obviously the biggest threat like we just talked about is mb and Mm -hmm. so you know we come up with a strategy where we stuff the paint um I mean possibly even double Embiid off the dribble or something, you know. Um right. so, you know, I feel like Embiid, he's smart enough a player where he's not gonna force it every time. He's gonna give it out um, to, you know, Seth, um, to Ben Simmons, to Tobias, um, even to like Danny Green. Now mm-hmm. like I don't know if those guys have it have enough offensively to like really convert those moments into a lot of efficient scoring. Um and that is a genuine concern because, like, if we take Embiid out of the picture, if he is eliminated from that, you know, like, offensive rhythm, then, like, can, can Ben Simmons, uh, like, really step up to, I don't know, to, like, to really score the ball? And can these other guys get going? I feel like... Why the Sixers are very successful, though, it's that Embiid does draw so much attention; he can uh, give these guys a lot more space to work with. Uh, but you know, the playoffs is a little bit different, and I feel like um, I feel like just mentally, it, it might become a a block for them. Mm. Um, but you know, with that said, I I'm gonna give more credit to Doc Rivers here, and I'm gonna say Ooh. that they'll figure it out, and I'm gonna. My gut feeling, you know, was that Embiid uh, will be the MVP. So I'm gonna go further into my wow. gut, and I'm uh, I'm gonna say they they could potentially come out of the East. Like I'm gonna give yeah. it like seventy percent. Wow, that I think Philly will come out of the East. I Jesus. know a lot of people kind of don't believe in them, um, but listen this is MVP mb um this is mm-hmm. uh this is a different team like this isn't the same coach this isn't the same um squad you know this is different composition different coach different this is a different ben simmons as a matter of fact mm-hmm. this is a different mb i feel like um they will come out of the east um the only hesitation i have is brooklyn and i, I know right. we're going to talk about them soon. jesus um and why I'm scared about Brooklyn is in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do? I feel I'm mm-hmm. scared. I'm scared what they're
0: going to do. So, ah, those bastards. Ah. <laughs> hey, dude, Andrew, I, I hear you on that. I think, you know, Tobias Harris is a name that uh, I really want to mention. Dude's averaging 20 and 7 three so he's shooting 50 40 88 from the free mm-hmm. throw line he's having a hell of a season and and i really do respect tobias harris from coming back because you know as we mentioned he got a lot of hate last year for you know the contract and for the playoff performances but he's having a hell of a season and i think he's really really important to what they do you know secondary ball handler uh the spacing that he provides with the shooting i mean he's a legit shooter 40 percent. he's shooting 40 percent from three on give me a second. Let me see how many attempts he's He's taking four attempts a game, you know, and that this he's kind of like your 3-4 hybrid guy. And, you know, I I I really like it, dude. He's not taking a lot of free throws, which I don't always love, especially in the playoffs. But for me, it's I, I like it. I like what I've seen so far. He he looks more aggressive. But so, okay, damn. I I agree with you because I like you really do believe in the season that we're seeing from MB. like, wow, what a freaking season that he's having right now. But you know what? I, I'm going to kind of go off script here and change things up and let's just jump to Brooklyn because we need to have this talk. And, um, hmm. phew, I, I had, I had a lot of doubts, um, at first, uh, not that I, I didn't think it was going to work. It's just, I didn't know, where Kyrie was mentally I didn't know where Durant was physically but from what we've seen this far this season and I want to start with Harden because Harden is crazy and and I do want to say that and I think people might think it's it's stupid for me to say this because it's so obvious but Harden I, I love what we're seeing from Harden right now and I'm trying to be as objective as possible because I am a diehard Knicks fan but What we've seen so far from Harden is kind of a mix of Thunder Harden and Rockets Harden. Because he, when he first came to Brooklyn, you could tell that he was being a little hesitant, was passing a ton, not shooting as much. But now I think he's found a nice little middle ground where he's not full-on Houston Harden, where the whole offense is going through him. He's passing the ball. I mean, he's always been a great passer. I think that needs to that needs to be said. He's always been a great passer from his Arizona State days to the time that he was in in Oklahoma City. He's a great passer, and now we're seeing like a beautiful combination of that, where he's not just taking the ball every single time and milking the clock down to five seconds, but he's moving the ball. He's scoring when he has to, and he's getting more aggressive with his scoring too. And I think. It's nuts. It's freaking nuts. And I think a lot of people had doubts, right? I I think even you and I said, like, oh, there's only one ball. How are they going to share? We didn't see this coming. I don't think you or I thought that Harden was going to morph into this upgraded version of Harden where he's actually way more fun to play with right now than he was in Houston. And if you get fun to play with Harden with this Crazy version of Kyrie that we're seeing this season, plus Durant, who looks like he's, what, 85 to 95% all the way back. Then we're talking about a team that, like, we're just kind of asking, like, how the hell did this happen? How did we allow this to happen? And uh, I hate saying this, but they're insane. This team is actually insane right now.
1: Yeah, that's why I, I am getting very scared and fearful for this team uh come come to playoffs yeah like you mentioned you know Harden we could talk about this later but I feel like there are a couple players in the NBA right now that are having their best season and I feel like Kyrie is one of them Uh and arguably Harden could be having his best season as well I mean I know he's averaged more numbers in the past um but I'm just talking about, for Harden, just on the eye test, on, on how he's playing, like his style of play, I feel like he's taken into account everything that he's done in Houston, and he's taken, like, ec- extracted the strengths of it, and like, kind of cut the fat off of, you know, all of the weaknesses in this game, and he's brought that to Brooklyn. And I think mm-hmm. we're seeing it at more and more each game, and that's why I think it's scary. Because, to be honest, I'm... I'm a big Harden hater. I hate how he plays, and especially in Houston, I, I used to hate how he played. And I don't think that that's how basketball should be played. Like it's a team sport, right? But what I'm seeing in Brooklyn, um, I feel like is is just insane. And we, I mean, Harden and Kyrie alone is like a scary combo. Mm-hmm. But we have KD in the hyperbolic chamber charging up making ready to make his return and it's like sensu beans yeah like right now we're dealing with gohan and (laughs) uh and trunks and we have goku coming like later Uh you know like that's what it feels like and um that's why i'm just so scared like dude this is a team that's like just built by the gods you know like how is how is this gonna play out i'm very curious i'm very scared um very fearful and i don't know do we have to like i feel like nobody talks about this but is steve nash doing a good job here Mm. um you know like this was one i feel like uh, aspect of brooklyn that kind of goes under the radar is steve nash this is his first time coaching um Mm. and what a situation to be brought into right like you have to get to coach three potential hall of fame players on one team and um Mm. Yeah. I, feel, I don't know. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm genuinely, you know, out of the loop. I don't know how much Steve Nash, uh, you know, right. plays a part in this, but, um, I have to say he's, he's probably a big part of this, right? Like he's mm-hmm. speaking into, um, James Harden and Kyrie a lot. I'm sure they respect him as, as the player he once was. And I feel like that ball movement could yeah. very well be, uh, you know, probably credited to Steve Nash's philosophy. So, um, now, when KD comes back, you know if three if these three players who are so ball dominant can figure out a way to spread that ball around, mm-hmm. this is basically the Space Jam Monster Squad. You know, like yeah. this is a uh, this is dangerous, um, and it's not just dangerous for like the East. Like this is like the championships team. I think that mm-hmm. we need to be talking about you know this in the next coming months. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. I mean, like Harden right now. He he's 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 sick. He's absolutely sick. Like, dude, I just want to... Dude, he's shooting 49% from the field right now, and he hasn't done... He hasn't hit 49% since his last season in OKC, which was 11 and 12. Dude, mm-hmm. he's shooting 42% from three right now on eight attempts a game. He's averaging 25 and 11 for, for Brooklyn. And it's like, if, if you're going to get this from Harden and then take into consideration Kyrie's athleticism is like, Dude, he looks like he's in the best shape. Like, this this is the best shape I think he's been in since, like, high school. Like, he's, like, two-hand dunk. Like, he had a two-hand dunk in the All-Star game. He had a two-hand dunk the other night, like, in a regular season game. Like, he's jumping. Like, we haven't seen him jump in a really long time. And I think that's scary. And, like, Kyrie, I mean, a lot of people say this, but Kyrie is most likely the best guard finisher we've ever seen in the league. And he's unbelievable. And he freaking hell he's so good and then you take in KD and the, and the season that KD was having before he got hurt and he was getting MVP you know whispers and you know talks and if you take all that into consideration I think it's unbelievable and the funniest thing for me Andrew is that now you know casual fans on the internet they want to start talking up Blake Griffin like this is some big deal Blake look I I, I hate to be that douche and I'm going to talk about this later with my Knicks too, but like I think it's hilarious how many, like, I hate to be that guy, but I want to be because, like, so many people are, like, talking up this Blake signing like it's some, like, world-changing signing. Uh, dude, Simmons said it on his pod today. He was like, are we sure Blake is better than Jeff Green for this roster? And I think it's a legitimate question. Blake Griffin is not the same Blake that people think he is just because he has the same name. Blake Griffin's legs are shot, dude. Like, ever since, like, 2019, he had a good season, right? That was probably his last good season. And and since then, he hasn't been the same. His legs are absolutely shot. And to think that the Nets are going to bring in some, like, absolute game-breaking, game-changing forward in Blake Griffin right now, I think is an absolute joke. Because, look. I love Blake as a ball handler. He's, his passing is unbelievable for his size. He's really worked on his shooting, but his legs aren't the same. They gave that unbelievable stat. He hasn't, he hasn't dunked since 40 years ago. This is not the Blake Griffin we remember half jumping over Kia's. You know, It's not that guy anymore. And so for people to be like, oh, now Brooklyn are title contenders because they got freaking Blake Griffin, you guys are not watching basketball. You guys are not watching NBA basketball. You haven't watched a damn minute of the Brooklyn Nets or, or a damn minute of the Detroit Pistons for you to say that cuz this isn't the same Blake. He's not that guy anymore. This is like the Net the Knicks when we brought in Glenn Rice in 2000. But Glenn Rice was shot by then, dude. Glenn Rice could have played in a in the in the Paralympics in a wheelchair. His knees are so shot. Right? Oh, wow. it's, it's 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 this is not the Blake that people think he is, okay? And so I do want to say the Nets are going to be great, and they're already showing that they're getting better day by day. But trust me, they didn't become title contenders because of Blake Griffin. If you think that you're not watching basketball, you're you're worse than a casual fan because at least casual fans, they, they'll they pick up their their basketball from YouTube or whatever, but they'll keep mm-hmm. their mouth shut. If you're out there talking and saying, oh, the Nets are title contenders for, for this, you're a fool. You're an absolute fool. You haven't watched Blake Griffin since 2014, probably. So Mm -hmm. I, I I just want to say that, that the nets are really scary. And Hey, Andrew, you made a really good point about Steve Nash. I think Steve Nash does deserve a ton of credit and no, and really a lot, a lot of people are talking about it because the players have such big names, but once again, this team is really interesting. They're really, really fun. Will they defend? They're slowly getting kind of better. I think Nick Claxton and um, Bruce Brown are actually really, really important for them. So is a TLC. But I, it, I, I think it's laughable that people on Instagram are posting like photo edits of Blake Griffin and saying like, oh, here come the Nets. Like, you you're, you guys are idiots. That you, you haven't watched basketball in years. Don't post stuff like that. You're embarrassing yourself. Blake Griffin is not that player. Wake up. Sorry. Well, first off, Albert It's not Blake's fault.
1: (laughs) It's not It's not Blake's fault. I can't do that as good as you, but it's not Blake's fault. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Blake did to deserve this hate from you, Albert, but it's not his, no, fault.
0: Not, it's not his not, fault. It's I'm not his fault. I'm not hating Blake. I'm not hating Blake. I'm hating everyone out there who thinks that yeah, this yeah, is freaking sure. 2014 yeah. Blake.
1: Idiots. I agree with you. But second, I did want to ask you, do you think then, um, I mean, obviously, media is blowing it up like, yeah. um, you know, this is like a crazy, you yeah. know, like steel um In the bag Kind of moment But Do you think Adding Blake Griffin Is Going to be beneficial For the Nets Or do you think It's more of a Pretty lackluster move
0: Like I, I really don't know Because like I'm telling you, his legs are really, really shot. But at the same time, he's still a skilled player, right? Like, I think if people are thinking of Blake Griffin uh, Blake Griffin as a dunker, that's not Blake Griffin anymore. If, mm. if you watched him play the last three years, you would have noticed that he's really worked on his handle and his passing and his shooting. And he's become a completely different player, which was fun. I'm telling you, in 2019, he had a really fun season and a really good season. To, you know what? Let me pull this up just just to prove my point because he actually had a really fun year. Okay, yeah, 2018, 2019, the last time he was an all-star, he played 75 games that year. He averaged 24, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. He shot, uh, let's see, he shot 46% from the field, 36% from three, and he shot 75% from free throw line. That was his last really good season. And it was a really good one for Detroit where he made the all-star team. But remember that year, he hurt his knee last year. He only played 18 games this season, only 20 games. And look, this its not the same Blake. It's not. Can he help the nets? We'll see. We have to see what his health is like. No one really knows. And, but from what we have seen, he hasn't been the same. He hasn't been Hmm. the same. So sorry. So sorry, Andrew, my, my, my long, short answer is i i I don't know but it'll be interesting to see
1: right well so i kind of want to go back i mean the reason why we led into this brooklyn talk was because uh we were talking about the sixers and i mean i mean i don't want to like count out uh you know all the other eastern teams like you mentioned like the pacers Mm -hmm. um and yeah let me i mean i I don't know who else is, is in contention you think like celtics maybe uh, even Man, though they seem oh, pretty lost this season. yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, we have the Bucs, but I've, I always have my reservations about Same. the Bucks. So uh, really, I feel like, you know, if we're being honest, you know, and no slight to the Knicks, because I mean, we'll talk about them soon. No, but yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the Nets and the Sixers seem like the two clear favorites, and it's going to come down to those two teams. And um, I feel like they, they had to sign Blake because, I mean, I feel like the blaring thing is who's going to guard Embiid right Or down mm-hmm. the stretch how are they going to defend the paint I mean we have DeAndre Jordan down there and I just noticed DeAndre and Blake are reunited uh, and I don't know if this is even half of Lob City anymore this is probably um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know knee throbbing City uh, for both <laughs> of them they're, they, they are shot and all those dunks have caught up to them but yeah, um, yeah I feel like that's their biggest concern or the biggest hole in their team is, is the paint is to defend the paint right. and, um, and not just the paint, but you know, like to grab rebounds, um, mm. def- defending the paint, And um, even on the offense, I feel like, you know, a lot of them can drive, but uh, just to have like that guy in the middle to have that presence. Um, I guess Deandre does that a little bit, but um, having Blake as kind of a backup wouldn't, wouldn't hurt, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, Blake could be helpful to this team, and I think his biggest um, his biggest help would come in his ability to pass, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I mean, you just went off on it, and I agree. He has no game left in him, I think, really. Um, his jump shot is okay, but, I mean, do you want Blake taking jump shots or do you want James Carden or Kyrie or KD taking jump shots, right? Like, we don't want blake to take any shots away from the other guys Uh, so really all he can really do to provide any service to this team is is that ball movement yeah and he's gonna have to like hunker down on defense because um they're really gonna need to rely on him so um that's what i see um with this blake griffin signing i don't think it's like the second coming of jesus kind of signing Mm -hmm. i agree with you um they're really going to have to figure things out with him, you know, like he might not even see the floor. Like who knows? Like what, he might be a liability. So um, this, this is an interesting move, Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm going to lean toward, I'm like slightly hopeful for him. And I I think they would have signed him for a reason. And I'm sure his, his passing is going to help them a lot.
0: Yeah, Yeah, dude. I, I mean, like, I hear you, I hear you all of that. Right. About, about like guarding the bigs or whatever, but I mean, dude, Jeff Green, Jeff Green, people scoff at like Jeff Green, like, oh, he sucks. He's been on a nine million team. But Jeff Green's a guy who's played in the finals before he played with the Cavs, you know, with LeBron. And, you know, he's always been a, a pretty decent defender. He's got good size, six eight, And, um, you know, I don't remember there ever being a time in my life when I watched Blake Griffin and said, wow, like, look at the defense like holy what what the you know you just said like he has to hunker down and play some defense and i agree with you he does but when the hell have we ever seen blake griffin play defense Exactly, yeah. you know and without the pop or the juice for uh, in his legs anymore like what can we expect you know and oddly for the nets they've relied a ton on bruce brown and he's played really freaking well for them jeff green's been good for them right uh nick claxon's playing big minutes for them and you know he's important to them and so I just don't know. Like, once again, the fit is weird to me. I, I don't know how this makes sense with Blake, but we'll see. Like we had questions about them bringing in Harden and they made it work beautifully. And they're the second seed in the East right now. And um, yeah, dude, I, I think overall, like, I just want to kind of close this part on the nets and say like, they've been, they've, they've been really freaking good. And if they keep getting better, then you do have to ask some serious questions about, you know, if they can come out of the East and, If we can pivot, because now I think it's your time to shine some more and talk a little bit more about something that's near and dear to your heart. But I I, want to have a serious talk about the Lakers. Right. Because for me, you know, man, they asked LeBron in the All-Star game, like, you know, you've been able to play 36 games or whatever. And he was like, you know, I got lucky. Right. And I, I think. It's crazy. Like he's in year eighteen, and 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 I think a part of me wants to be like, "Hey, is LeBron gonna run out of gas?" And at the same Mm -hmm. time, he he never ever freaking runs out of gas, or rarely ever. But the Achilles injury to eighty scares me, and I know they said like forty six weeks, and they're saying he's progressing well. But like, if you are ever gonna be afraid of an injury in a basketball player, it's going to be an Achilles or a knee or an ankle or a foot, but an Achilles is like the scariest. And so what I want to ask you, Andrew, first off is how are you feeling about, do you, okay. Do you feel like the AD injury and year 18 of LeBron playing heavy minutes so far, is any of that a cause for concern in terms of repeating? Oh, for sure. 100%
1: hundred percent um you know and uh I do want to apologize a little bit um <laughs> when we were doing the uh, NBA kickoff uh, mm-hmm. episode yeah I was so confident it was in the back <laughs> with Marcussol coming in then the shoulder coming in mm-hmm. and without ad I don't think we have a shot to yeah. be honest yeah um will LeBron run out of gas no But does he have enough to carry this team without AD? Hell no. You know, I I don't think so. Um, There's a lot of good teams in the West. Um, Yeah, and I I just don't think LeBron can do it with this squad by himself. Um, So we need a healthy AD out there for sure um, to carry the load. And if anything, you know, like LeBron's getting older, like every season. So, like, what we had from AD last season, like, it might be reasonable to ask that ad does more this season because lebron's a year older you know Mm -hmm. so like the the percentage of how the the load gets carried it needs to the projectile should be that ad's carrying more and more and lebron's carrying less and less Mm. i mean that's just how age works and how the body works um so i am a little fearful to be honest and um Mm this injury does not seem very hopeful either like i feel like i mean ad's kind of always struggle with the injury right like there's right. always been small little pestering injuries like he's never ever like a hundred percent like if he heals from one thing like i don't know he has something like something is something is wrong in his body always <laughs> um and i mean i think that's a concern like not only for this season but like for the future like do we want to invest in this guy who always seems to have nagging injuries um and you know like if this window is gonna close with lebron like do we you know like i feel like that's something we need to really talk about and you know consider Mm. um but yeah i i I think i speak for a, a lot of laker fans um if laker fans if you're not with me that you know this is this is not looking good you know without ad mm. like, if you really think that you know we're still going to win the championship this year uh, i think you're delusional um and no matter how mu- how much better like shorter plays or i don't know the other guys play i just don't think we have enough and you know as a matter of fact like everyone's not playing well either mm-hmm. like marcus Sol has not turned out to be um what we thought he could be and i think right without ad on the floor too like that just makes marcus all worse i think i think he has to fill his role a little more and i don't think he has that in him um schroeder i feel like he's he's okay and um he he's doing i think what we expected but i feel like again with the absence of ad like now we're We're going to need more out of him. I'm not sure if we have that. Um, Wesley Matthews seems like uh, Danny Green 2.0. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. not sure where he's been this season. Um, I forgot that we signed him. That's how much I didn't know Mm -hmm. he was on the team. Um, Yeah, and like you know, a lot of players last year, like JaVale, like Rondo, um, like Dwight, like these are players who were bought into their role and they played it to their best. Um, I feel like we're missing that this season. Um, Sure. Like Alex Caruso is a developing player. He's gotten much better. He's really great defensively, but um, again, like without AD, I feel like everyone's going to be required to play a little bit more and a little bit harder and to be a little bit more efficient. And I don't think these are the players that can do that. So, um, definitely fearful, um, yeah. That I I think we need to really pray for AD's health. You know, like if without that, we're we're kind of screwed here.
0: Yeah, dude. I I thousand percent agree with you, man. I, I feel like Montrose Harrell has been exactly what we thought he'd be. I hey, I predicted in preseason, right? I said he'll be around anywhere from twelve to fourteen points. He's right at thirteen point eight points, six rebounds a game. So. I, you know he's been just fine and he's not like some amazing game changer and it's weird how much you guys rely on KCP and how important of a player he is for you guys right now and and, and I think it's it, that I don't mean that as a slight. I think KCP actually has been better this season. He's shooting 40% from three. Like, he's actually a really important guy that you guys rely on. But you hit the nail on the head, Andrew. Like, without AD, like, this is, this is a waste of time. I mean, now, here's one thing that I want to throw at you, and I want to hear your thoughts on this because this could get interesting. I read some rumors today on Twitter. Now, you know, people might say, like, oh, whatever, whatever. But, you know, uh, some of this stuff is legit. <laughs> It seems like the Lakers might ha- have things lined up with Dr- uh, with Drummond, with Andre Drummond. So if Drummond can work out a buyout with the Cavs, it seems like the Lakers are going to have the inroads or like you know the advantage to grab Andre Drummond. Now Andre Drummond coming in it becomes interesting because, I mean, I am not comparing Drummond to AD at all, but Drummond is a very talented big. I, I don't want anyone to take my words and confuse things. I'm not saying he's a great player. I said, he's a talented player. And so if anyone can harness that talent and turn it into results, I think that's LeBron and Drummond is still really young. And he was putting up like big numbers, you know, for the Cavs. He wasn't like, he was some like scrub, you know, Andre Drummond is still a young, a pretty young, pretty good player. He's only 27 years old, you know, and he was averaging what, 17 and 13 a game this year. So, I, that becomes interesting. If you guys can grab Andre Drummond and kind of stay afloat while AD is coming back and getting healthy, this could get really interesting.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, interesting in the sense that, um, <laughs> you're not convinced. You're not convinced. That's what is. <laughs> Interesting in the sense that, you know, uh, I don't know it throughout throughout a day you know you might see an interesting commercial or uh, <laughs> like an, a trailer for a movie but that's about it that's that yeah. that's like the extent of the interest that that will happen for me um <laughs> i'm not convinced at all that drummond uh-huh. has uh, what it takes and uh, i mean you said it too i mean he's not an ad you know right right and ad is so like capable offensively mm-hmm. um and he's a very, like, kind of not traditional center, too. You know, he's right. uh, she's basically a point guard, like a shooting guard in a in a big man's body. And Beautiful. Drummond is, is not that at all. You know, and I feel like, I, I don't know. I mean, will he be serviceable? Of course. Like I, I don't think he's not a great player. But does that put us back into, like, championship mm-hmm. contention? I, I don't think so. You know, so.
0: But, Andrew, uh, I will hmm. say this. You know where things get interesting for you guys? Let's say AD does come back healthy and you guys get to the finals again, and you have Drummond in hand off off the bench, or even starting, who knows, right? If you guys match up with the Sixers in the finals, then Drummond actually becomes important. If you can throw Drummond, Gasol, and Harrell at at Joel Embiid for a seven-game series— that becomes really freaking interesting. I'm not saying that Andre Drummond can lock down Joel Embiid, right. but Andre he- Drummond is still a very athletic gigantic human yeah, being. He's a big boy. Exactly, dude. And so that's where things get really interesting where you have a big boy that you could throw at Joel Embiid to help slow him down, then mm-hmm. it's like oh man, then then you guys kind of feel unbeatable. Um as much yeah, as I hate saying that. For sure yeah i mean
1: i I think yeah it will come down to matchups i feel like um there are more guard heavy teams that we'll have trouble with if we have nets yeah if we have Drummond. yeah exactly like um i don't know how exactly drummond will you know put us over the Nets. (laughs) (laughs) um keep the bench warm yeah Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, against like the Sixers, I feel like it'd be a perfect matchup, right? Uh, because you just want to slow down and beat as much as you can. Um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I I, I thought that um, Brooklyn was in the talks of getting Drummond, and I thought that would have been interesting. You know, that would. I'm, I'm sure Drummond's asking for a lot of money, uh, and then uh, I don't know if Brooklyn can afford um, even a slice of pizza at this point, but. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think Drummond to the Nets would have made a lot of sense. I mean, of course, if they could reach a deal because, mm-hmm. yeah, again, the, the question is who's going to guard the paint and Drummond would yeah. have been a great fit there.
0: Well, I, I think I think money's not an issue because he'll get the buyout from Cleveland and he'll sign wherever for the minimum because, you know, he's or he's going to get his money from the Cleveland contract. But I, I think with the Nets signing Blake Griffin, I think things do get a little weird. And from from reports, it seems like Drummond is pretty enamored with going to LA so that, that, you know, that, that is interesting. That definitely is interesting to watch. Um, but yeah, so ulti- okay. Just to kind of wrap on the Laker thing, I think ultimately your season hinges on AD and, and that's kind of where we were at the start of the season too, which right. kind of brings you back to the goat discussion like if your season hinges on anthony davis is lebron no i'm just kidding i won't do that i look if you're listening out there no 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 i (laughs) won't do that i think it's nonsense (laughs) but um what what, what i what i do want to say is yeah i mean ad is that freaking important to your team and Mm -hmm. to your team success this season and if he's not healthy then we could we might as well just you know close up shop now because I, i i i can't see them making it against you know that that gauntlet of teams that they're gonna have to go against without him and just relying so much on LeBron, Schroeder, and Harrell, like that doesn't really strike fear in my heart. And yeah. And, okay, Andrew. Really quickly, we're we're just gonna kind of fly by this one, okay? I, mm-hmm. I wanted to have like a longer talk about Utah, and then I looked myself in the mirror and said, "Do I really want to have a long talk about Utah? Because <laughs> it's it's still Utah, you know." And, and like this is how I feel about Utah. Everyone's talking about the Utah Jazz fun story. Are they the 2014 Spurs? And I'm like, Are you guys dumb? Like. There's no Tim Duncan on this team, even though Tim Duncan was old. There's no Boris Diaw on this team. Maybe you'll say Joe Ingles is, but uh, I'm not sure. And are you going to say that Donovan Mitchell, it was that version of Kawhi? I I don't know if I could do that either, so I wouldn't go that far. I, I think a better team to compare them to. And, of course, this is not easy. I'm Sorry, this is not like a perfect analogy either, but I thought of like the 2015 Atlanta Hawks. You know, the Hawks, that team, that year, like, all five of their starters made the all-star team, and they were, like, the best team of the regular season, blah, blah, blah. But they had nothing for the playoffs, and they had no answer for LeBron. And that's kind of how I feel about Utah. Like, I think what they're doing with Royce O'Neal is fun. I think Gobert is playing pretty well, but we all know what's going to happen to Gobert in the playoffs. At least I think so. I love what they're doing with Jordan Clarkson, and I feel like Clarkson has really blossomed into his final form. Right? Is that what it's called, (laughs) final form? What is that from Dragon Ball? I'm not even sure. Yeah. Final form. final form. Yeah. So I think Jordan Clarkson has really found his final form. I think Donovan Mitchell's gone up two levels this year and he's playing really, really well, but is that enough juice to, like, Hey, let's talk about your team, Andrew with a healthy AD and a, and a LeBron and all that you guys are going, I don't care how fun and how good Utah is. They're not beating AD and LeBron. Like let, mm-hmm. let's, let's make sure that that's very clear. They're not. Is this team going to beat the Brooklyn Nets? Hell no. Can they even beat the Sixers? I don't think so. I, I, I think Joel Embiid would destroy Rudy Gobert in a seven-game series. And so that, that's mm. how I feel about Utah. I, I just kind of wanted to quickly say that. Um, I, I'll let you talk about them too, but that's all I want to say about Utah. I think they're fine.
1: So basically, in summary, you think they're fun, but they're not the real deal. Amen. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I, I do lean that way, but like— you know, the same gut feeling that said Embiiddo is going to be MVP this oh, year no. oh, says, no. like, this Utah squad actually has something to them. Like, there's a little bit of of, of a dog of fight in them. And what steers me to that direction is two things. I, like you mentioned, Jordan Clarkson, he's really developed. He's probably going to win six-man of the year, right, this yeah. year. And I think he's... Deservedly um, so. Yeah, and he's, he's playing lights out. Um, but I think Donovan Mitchell, I feel like he's really coming into like fruition and i say that as someone who doesn't really care about donovan mitchell like to me he was just another like oh yeah he's 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 doing well whatever like and i didn't really even tune into his games didn't really watch him i'm like like i don't know something about him is just so lackluster um Mm -hmm. but i do feel like I know I talked about how, um, you know, I feel like there are a couple players this year who's having the best season. Yeah. And I mean, I know Mitchell has only been here, what, like four years, yeah. but uh, I think this is his, he's, he's at his best right now um, mm. and potentially even going to even get better. So um, I wouldn't put it past Utah to, okay, this is going to be my hottest take okay. today, but they can get to the Western conference finals. Mm-hmm. and win and lose <laughs> I'm not going to say win yeah, yeah. I, I can't go that hot yeah I can't go that hot, sorry um, but I do think like roster composition wise yeah. I feel like they have a really balanced and mm. great team it's just that in each position they're just not at like an elite level I feel like Mm-hmm. Um, yeah I, I think that's like the key word for me like nobody's really elite to me um, mm-hmm. and, and not that you need a, like an elite player like I mean in Miami last year like Jimmy Butler was the guy and I don't know if people will say he's elite I guess that's debatable mm-hmm. uh, but I feel like Donovan Mitchell's kind of in that same uh, limbo like uh, he's great but is he like amazing I don't know uh, Mike Conley he's playing much better this year I feel yes. like and he's good I don't know, maybe great, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rudy Gobert, I think he looks great, but he's just going to be good later, you mm-hmm. know, or even mediocre. Um, yeah, and so, like, thinking about those things, I feel like they have a little bit of fight in them. I don't think it's all for show right now. I do think people uh, play, uh, teams are going to be surprised by them in the playoffs. I don't think they'll win the conference finals. I think yeah. they'll make it there, though. And I think, yeah, I think this, like, I, I don't believe in this hundred percent. I'm gonna throw it out there. I feel like this could be like the birthing of a Donovan Mitchell like Hall of Fame career. And again, I'm not confident in that, but I feel like this is like those steps to get there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think Mike Conley is having a good season. I, I did want to throw out Boyan because Boyan is what they were missing in the playoffs last season, and Boyan's such an important part of what they do offensively. You know, he's shooting the lights out this year. Forty percent from three. I think he's taking like seven attempts a game right now. I might be wrong on that. I'm pretty sure. But, uh, you know, great. You know, it's all great. It's all fun. But I I just don't see them having enough juice to win the title is what I'm saying. Um, As you mentioned, yeah, they can make the conference finals. They might even win the conference final and make the finals. Will they have enough juice to go all the way and win it? I don't know. I I just don't know. And I I don't believe in that yet is kind of how I feel right now. And, um, Mm. yeah, what I do feel is I feel a lot of love and pride and passion for my New York Knicks. And um, mm. yeah, if you will, Andrew, give me this opportunity to uh, riff on my New York Knicks because I, 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 I just, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to not be happy. Just you text know? me when you're done. I'll be back. Yeah, I'm This is, this is, this is <laughs> the most pride I've felt in a Knicks team since probably 2013. 2013 and, you know, Knicks. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Marcus Canby, baby. Um, uh, it, it's just, you know, it feels good. The one thing, though, that I did want to say that feels bad so far about this Knicks season is, oh, like, I, I hate to be this, and I said this before, but I really, oh, man, I love the NBA, right? And I, I, I really do pride myself in watching a lot of basketball. I I do watch a lot of basketball. I'm watching NBA basketball every single night. I, I'm watching multiple games at once. I, I pay out of pocket for league pass. I've watched all 82 games of the Knicks since probably phew, 99, 2000. And he, here's the thing, though, that makes me a little upset. I think it's really funny to see Knicks fans on Twitter or Instagram. And these are Knicks fans, right? But, you know, suddenly they want to be gatekeepers and say like, oh, you weren't with us when we had Cle Anthony early. You weren't with us when we had Lou Amundsen. And I'm like, dude, (laughs) like, screw you. Like We haven't had a team to be proud of in eight years, and now you want to gatekeep? And meanwhile, these gatekeepers don't even watch 82 games. These gatekeepers don't even follow everything that's going on with the Knicks. A lot of these gatekeepers, right, they probably didn't even know who Mitchell Robinson was before the season. They probably had no idea who Emmanuel Quickly was until he played his first game for us, and now they want to ride hard for Emmanuel Qu- Quickly. I think it's. I, I think it's sad. I think for w- once in 8 years we have a respectable team and you guys want to gatekeep and keep people out? That's that's <laughs> stupid. Let everybody yeah. in for once. We're not the laughing stock of the league. We are the 5th seed in the Eastern Conference going into the All-Star break. We should be happy. We should be proud. We should be bringing people in and having them join us right now. This is this is this, It's the dumbest thing in the world to me that suddenly people who aren't even anywhere near being like full on, you know, diehard Knicks fans that they suddenly want to gatekeep. Like You guys suck. You honestly suck. And I can say that because I have watched all 82 games of my Knicks since for, for freaking 20 years. For 20 years of my life. So screw you. Screw you for gatekeeping. Let everyone in and let's enjoy this together. Because what we're watching from this Knicks team and what Coach Tibbs is doing with this Knicks team, it's a masterclass in coaching. It's a masterclass in hard work. And it's a masterclass in just believing and making the most out of what you have. There's nothing about this Knicks team and this Knicks roster where you would look at it and be like, wow, this team's going to be the fifth seed in the East. No shot. Going... Andrew, remind you, on this podcast, right, going into the preseason, I said the Knicks were going to win 20 games this year. We've already won 19 at the Mm -hmm. All-Star break. Only one more win. Julius Randle has gone through an exorcism. He's a totally different human being. I've never, ever seen this version of Julius Randle. And and it's mind-blowing. The playmaking, the passing. The three-point shooting, he's an over 40% three-point shooter right now. He's shooting over 80% from the free-throw line, which he's never done in his career. I, it's unbelievable. The work that he's putting on defensively, the stuff that he was doing against Sabonis, against the Pacers a couple of weeks ago, in the fourth quarter, just locking him down. We've never seen that from Julius Randle. He deserves a ton of credit for coming into the season insanely in shape. He leads the league in minutes right now. We should mention that, too. And Tibbs is playing him every single night, trusting him to run the offense and to be a tough, you know, a hard-nosed defender. He's doing it every single night. He's not complaining anymore. He's not moping. He's not pouting. He's not whining. He's being being great with his teammates, with the young guys, bringing tons of energy and positivity to the floor every single night. It's amazing. And so for all you losers out there that suddenly want to be like, y'all aren't real Nick fans, y'all weren't with us, screw you. You don't even watch all the games. How dare you try to be some elitist scum and tell people that they can't be Nick fans when you don't even watch all the games? Who the hell do you think you are? You guys are losers. Let everyone in. Let everyone in, even four-year-olds, five-year-olds, little kids who don't know a damn thing about basketball. Bring them in, raise them to be Nick fans because our time is coming. We finally have a team to be proud of, and we're moving in the right direction. And suddenly, you want to keep people out. You guys, ridiculous is so stupid. So I did want to say that, and um, and 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 one last thing that kind of goes against the grain here, but. Um, I love Emmanuel Qu- quickly. I'm so happy with him so far. Uh, my boy, Josh and I, we watched the draft together. And when we drafted Emmanuel quickly, we said to each other, because I, I was in love with quickly heading into the draft. And if you don't believe me, you can listen to my pod with Corey on the secret weapon pod. When we went over the draft and I said, I like quickly a lot. Cause he's a dead eye shooter. Did we know that he was going to be a playmaker and have the floater in his game and be able to do all the things he's been doing? No, but I wasn't against the pick. I liked it. And now he's, way better than what we could have even imagined. But I do want to say this, and Nick fans may not like hearing this, but I see quickly sealing as a third guard. I think when Quickly meets his final form, like Jordan Clarkson, he's going to be very similar to Jordan Clarkson. And then I think he's going to be a great off-the-bench player. I think he's going to be great if you run, like, three-guard lineups, like OKC did last year when they ran, like, CP3, Dennis Schroeder, and uh, SGA. Like, those types of three-guard lineups, I think Quickly can do that. I think Quickly can play the two-guard because of his shooting. And he could he just play off-ball. Forget about, like, ones and twos, whatever. All that's for beginners anyway. I think he can play off-the-ball. He can provide a lot of spacing. He's going to compete on defense. I think quickly has a really high ceiling as a third guard. I don't see him as being a lead guard, lead point guard on a title-winning team. And of course, that's what every team should be building towards, right? We should be building towards building a contender to win titles. And so for me, I love that what we've seen from quickly, but I still think we need to find a point guard. Um, I still think we need to find a lead guard. Um, I don't know who that is, but. I'm open to suggestions and I'm open to see where we end up, but Andrew, I'm sorry. I went really, really long on this, but I just wanted to address something that I thought was really stupid in Knicks fandom. Um, I think everyone and anyone should be hopping on the Knicks train right now. And we should be excited about that collectively as a fan, as a fan group. And, um, man, I, I, I'm really proud. I'm really freaking proud of my New York Knicks. Hey, um,
1: I'm really proud too. <laughs> if, if you will, if you will let me in, let me uh, let me be a part of this Knicks fans. Um, I wasn't with you guys when uh, you guys had Lou Amundson. I was watching from the outside, but um, you know what I do, I do, I am really happy for you guys. Really, like it's 2021 and the Knicks are in the playoffs. Like as of today, you know, yeah. that's crazy. It like, is. that's crazy and like you know i hate to i mean i love to dog on albert for being a nicks fan but like this year is tough like because they're doing well so yeah. i can't even say anything you know like <laughs> and um like when i met albert last year you know like one of the first things i said to him was nicks are trash <laughs> um and they were but they're not trash anymore right <laughs> they have recycled and they have become <laughs> <laughs> recyclone and they are back and they're <sighs> freaking fifth in the east and um you know what like depending on seating like i think if if somehow they can match up with like a bottom seat i mean that i mean that means they would have to be like what third in the east and i don't think that's gonna happen but no, i feel like yeah. it could be an upset like in the first round but um yeah Knicks fans cut it out man uh, let me in i'll <laughs> let me be a part of this too <laughs> i'm just playing but um I actually do really like the Knicks young energy. Like they just play hard, man. They yes. just play hard. It yeah. Just reminds me of like uh just like a small like like blue collar, like mm-hmm. just just freaking fighting, you know. And I, I do really like that about the Knicks and like, you know, I feel like uh, you know, the Knicks kind of because they were so garbage for a lot, a long time mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like post mellow and stuff right like it's kind of like a nba graveyard in a sense like mm-hmm. people go there and like yeah i mean it's madison square garden i know but like they don't i feel like not a lot of players feel like that motivation to like hey like let's really become something special here mm-hmm. you know but i feel like this team like you mentioned you know with you know tips coming in and um with these rookies and uh julius Randle, like it, it does feel like a different attitude and a different right. philosophy so i think there's a lot to look forward to with the knicks yeah. um and like you know in times like these people will always say and I, i'm like i really want to say this but like mm-hmm. I, I want to say like bro like don't even worry like knicks will be the knicks you know and they'll come down <laughs> you bastard um, which I feel like that would have been true a couple of years ago. Like you can say mm-hmm. that maybe they might have a burst of success and you can just be like, bro, the Knicks are the Knicks, you know, yeah. kind of like the Jags are the Jags kind of thing. But I do feel like this is a really pivotal moment in, in the franchise. And I feel mm-hmm. like the coming years will look very different for the Knicks. And, um, I'm, I'm really sad that like the Knicks are trash mantra is going to be gone now. And I can't really talk on Albert for it. So, uh, for now the Jets are trash. Mm-hmm. Um, And until they draft someone, um, they're gonna be garbage, and Mm -hmm. uh, that'll be my only um, point of attack for Albert for now. So we're coming.
0: We're coming. We're coming. (laughs) We're coming, dude. I just want to say, like, one last thing about my Knicks. Like, I just love that. As you said, like, are the Knicks going to finish the season of the fifth seed? I, I have no confidence in that. But the one thing that I am confident about is we're going to play hard every single night. And that's not something I've been able to say for a long time. They, we compete every single night. We defend almost every single night. And now it's to the point where, like, if we're in close games against good teams, it's not surprising anymore. You know, we, we we make things work, and what Julius is doing for us offensively is unbelievable, man. Like his passing, like Jesus Christ, like no one saw this level of passing from Julius Randle. Like the stuff that he'll do, like he'll drive and he'll just, you know, because he's so strong. Once he starts getting downhill, like you know, he'll he'll drive, and the weak side corners just open. And he's finding it now, and he's not just spinning and spinning into oblivion. He's finding the weak side, weak side, weak side. Um, sorry, the weak side corner. He's finding the dunker spot, right? When Mitchell Robinson is in there, he's finding cutters like R.J. Right sometimes. Like Julius will be in the pinch post, and he's working his way down in there, and then R.J. will just make a nice little cut and. Julius will find him. And like, th- this is the type of stuff that we didn't see from Julius Randall ever. And especially last season as a Nick fan, we saw none of, and for him to be doing that right now is amazing. And I think he deserves so much credit. We're so proud of him making his, making his all-star debut this year. And um, he deserved all of it. He deserved all the plaudits, all the love, all the praise. And he, he's been great. And it's, <laughs> Andrew, we're at a point right now where we're having serious talks about giving him a, a serious extension. And, and it's not even like, no one's like even scared of it because of what we're seeing night in and night out. And now it's to the point where no one's thinking about trading him. We're looking at extending him and finding that second star. And of course, ESPN wants to throw Devin Booker's name out there because we have our Kentucky connection with Kenny Payne and, you know, Leon Rose and all that. But hey, now we can dream, right? Now there's a world where if we end up with a Devin Booker and Julius Randle, we might say like, hey, we could be building a title contender in New York. And so I'm, I'm excited, dude. I'm really freaking happy. And I'll stop talking about my Knicks now and uh, we'll transition here. But I did want to say once again, super proud of my Knicks, where we end up at the end of the season. I have no idea, but I, all I care about is we fight to the end. That's all that matters. And uh, hmm. that'll be cool. Yeah. Uh, uh. i need to let that out ah feel good feels good it feels strange feels foreign to feel this way about my nicks yeah Uh, yeah i'm usually hating on them so
1: yeah i feel like this might be a little bad comparison but it's kind of like um like Korea, when they made uh, Sagang, you know, like fourth place. <laughs> like, <laughs> Korea was so garbage for yeah. so long. But after that, you know, after when Korea went Sagang, I know we're talking out of our sports realm here, yeah. but uh, that was like the glimmer of hope the nation needed. Like mm-hmm. I feel like that was a pivot point, right? Like after yeah. that, we were like, hey, we're actually good at soccer. We can raise up some players. I mean, do we find a lot of success after in the World Cup? No, but do we raise like... The next freaking Son of Min and yeah. you know and a lot of European, you know, eligible players right.
0: like So You're
1: right. Similar, you know.
0: Yeah. I agree. I agree. All right, Andrew. Um, just to kind of wrap on this, we're at the all-star break now. The players are resting, they're chilling out. Uh we made finals picks uh at in in the preseason. We picked who we thought was gonna win the title. You picked the Lakers. I picked the Clippers, and at the time when I picked the Clippers, a little bit of a zag, you know, it was a little bit of me kind of wanting to, you know, go against the grain, and um, I still feel kind of good about my pick, and I know, like, our listeners might think I'm crazy, but... I, I still feel like Kawhi is going to be scary in the playoffs. I, for whatever reason, think PG is going to get past all of his mental stuff. and I think PG is going to play well. I still love the Abaka signing. But, Andrew, how about you? How do you feel about your preseason pick of the Lakers now?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, if you want to hear my thoughts, just rewind the tape. Uh, I just <laughs> talked about it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, again, it's going to come back to whether AD comes yeah. back healthy or not um but yeah i mean let's just i'm just gonna take the lakers out of the equation right now and if i okay. had to get my next pick for the west uh or even for the finals mm-hmm. okay so my, i'm gonna think about this and uh, like my head says i agree with you like i think the clippers i like them a lot um this season too like they've been getting a lot of like definitive wins um But I don't know. Like my heart says no. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like Paul George. It, it's a it's a coin flip. What Paul George yeah. will get. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like a lot of the other Western teams that were like on fire last season, like the Nuggets. I feel like they've to me they've kind of been underplaying a little bit. They have. Um, they have.
0: They're not yeah. defending.
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm not sure about them so much anymore. Uh, Phoenix is another big name. I mean, yeah. I don't know if they'll find playoff success, to be honest. um but Yeah, I'm going to say, out of the West, if it's not the Lakers, the Clippers should come out. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think it's theirs to take. They have all the pieces they need, they have all the players they need. Um, I mean, they should have even the experience. And I, I did over, or I read something about like Clippers trying to get Kyle Lowry or something like that. I feel like that would be a great ad for them, um, uh, to get that a uh, big booty in there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like their point guard position is a little weak with um, Beverly, bad, yeah, yeah. And uh, Reggie Jackson is like on and off too. So if that happens, you know, I, I think the Clippers are on their way to the championship run now. You know, the East this time is going to be. A big question So like Whether it's the Sixers Or the Nets I don't think Either team will go down Easily So Yeah I'm not sure But um,
0: Andrew Andrew You're pretty set on Brooklyn or Philly right There's no other option Than the East I think I think so I think so Yeah I think I agree with you I think I agree with you Yeah (sighs) Okay So you and I So okay So if you take the Lakers Out of the equation You think it's gonna be The Clippers I do Yeah Yeah. I mean I think it should have Been the Clippers Last year Hmm. That's true. That is true, dude. That is true. Yeah. You're right. You're right about Denver. They're not playing very well. I mean, Jokic is having a great season. He deserves a lot of talk, a lot of respect for that. He's having a great season. Skinny Jokic, right? Really fun to watch, but Jamal Murray just is not the player that he was in the bubble. And so that is what it is. And he hasn't taken that next step. So that's on him, whatever. Um, Okay. But before we end, Andrew, I did want to do one thing. Yep. I think, dude, the last time we recorded, we did the whole uh, the phone call game. And uh, <laughs> we did the phone call game for your Indianapolis Colts. And uh, mm-hmm. the result was Carson Wentz in real life. In real life, you guys ended up with uh, Carson Wentz as your... Hey, we owner. haven't talked
1: about Wentz, huh?
0: We haven't. We haven't. Wow. We haven't. Okay. And so, so, Andrew, we're here. It's been weeks now since you guys traded for Carson Wentz i want you to be honest i want you to be i want you to be objective okay with Carson wentz as your quarterback and of course you guys have a lot of cap space you guys are going to sign some players you're gonna mm. drive some players blah 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 <sighs> are you really confident sorry no, no 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 that's a bad question that's a bad question how much more confident are you in this team with Carson wentz than you were in last year's team with phil rivers be objective
1: Mm, dang you know like as i was preparing to record this uh like the whence podcast Mm -hmm. i had like a comparison that i i it's that's slipping my mind right now okay um sam darnold (laughs) no no it was like an analogy Mm -hmm. of like how i felt about the whole situation um Here's how I feel about it. I, f- I think, uh, <laughs> was once the home run that I wanted? No. No. Of course not. The home run that every team wanted actually was uh, Matt Stafford, right? Like, and Deshaun Watson, still mm-hmm. pending. Yeah. Um, and we went with Wentz. Now, that's not my top choice at all, 100%. Um,
0: <laughs> but you are like fumbling over your words right now, because I know you hate it, dude. Come on, give it to the (laughs) list. No, but Albert, let me tell you, I I don't hate it. And
1: here's why, because to me, this is the bottom line for me. It's Mm -hmm. whoever we sign, right. Whether it's Philip rivers, Carson Wentz, um, like my unshakable foundation Mm -hmm. is my, Quite it's my such hard and solid trust in my gm chris ballard wow and so i feel like to in my eyes he can do no wrong And mm-hmm. whatever he whatever move he decides to make i'm 100 behind it again that was when's the home run i want it no it's not but do i do i know better than chris ballard no i don't mm-hmm. um and so i'm now I'm going to be subjective. I think I'm I'm hopeful. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of positives to look at. Obvious connection between Frank Wright, Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. Um, Wentz is almost or like competing for MVP year was with Frank Wright. I mean that was a while ago. Yeah, I don't know if he's the same player. Um, and the and like on the upside, like if Wentz does not work out, we can give Eason a try, and. <laughs> I mean if Wentz doesn't work out, then the season's already probably, you know, not even like, you know, like why well, might as well put an knees in anyway, you know, yeah. like so I feel like there's things to gain there. Um now does Wentz have what it takes to take us to the final or to the to the Super Bowl? That I'm not confident in. So I, this coming season, again, I'm, I'm not confident. Mm. Um, so again, that's not the home run. Like if, I, if we sign Stafford, I feel like we're in contention. Yes. But with once, I'm not so sure. But mm. I will say I will give him at least to what Phillip Rivers can do. Because I saw Phillip Rivers throw the ball this year. And I swear, I, I was scared for his arm. You know, no. like I felt like it's going to snap in half. Um, and like how wobbly that football was, was actually incredible. I was like, how can this be, how can this man be in a, in the top of football, his, uh, throwing a ball like this, you know, hunting with his arm. No, seriously. And <laughs> Wentz has to be better than that. Has to be. There's no, like, I'm sure Philip Rivers has the worst velocity in his throw oh. on the entire league, hmm. you know? So I think if he can do at least what Philip Rivers does, like, we'll still be a successful team. I'm just scared that he's going to make a lot more mistakes than Rivers. Like, with Rivers comes a lot of uh, consistency, short gains, uh, possession time, uh, solid short throws. But we didn't throw, like, any deep bombs this year. I feel like it's going to be the opposite with Wentz. Not a lot of consistency, not a lot of short throws, mm-hmm. uh, but a lot of bombs downfield. Um, a lot of picks. A lot of picks, maybe. <laughs> Uh, but you know, he'll run the ball. He's more mobile than yes. Philip. a is the least mobile and probably the least, uh, strength in his arm in the league right, yeah. as of today. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I think Wentz can at least do that. You know, like if you can't at least do that, then we're starting Easton. I don't care. You know? <laughs> um, so that's where I am with it. Um, again, bottom line is I trust in Chris Ballard, our GM. I, oh. I really think he's the best in the business. So, um, mm. uh, that that is the one thing i'll i'll have my hope in always
0: yeah i think the only thing that's mobile about phil rivers is his mouth dude, <laughs> yeah if,
1: if he's on your team you love it mm-hmm. cuz i used to hate him you know yeah. as a Roger quarterback but because he was a coach i was like dude phil keep talking man. i love it i <laughs> love it
0: dude andrew <laughs> you 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 brought up his name a couple times but stafford going to the rams that 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 is they they back. scary They're back. Jesus. Yeah. Um, and you know, what's really interesting. I think the philosophy that the Rams are taking, they were talking about this on a podcast I was listening to, the the, the philosophy of the Rams is, hey, we're going to contend every year anyway, so we have no problem trading our first-round picks, which is a very NBA type of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're saying, we're going to punt on our first-rounders, we'll trade them for stars that we, that we think can help us win right now. And that's what they did with Stafford, and I think that's really, really interesting. And that team is a lot of fun, dude that whew, mm-hmm. putting Stafford on that squad with that yeah. defense oh my goodness i'm just surprised the rams had any picks to give away yeah right like, i thought they're broke like
1: broke 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 yeah. um cuz they like gave it all like a couple years ago but right for jalen yeah yeah
0: well you but, know um, yeah I, and andrew for you guys like i would say as much as I want to hate on the Wentz thing, like at least you guys didn't give up like a haul for him. Like it wasn't something, yeah, yeah, ridiculous. Point, yeah. yeah, it wasn't something ridiculous. And you take kind of like a two-year. I think he's got what two years left on his contract. So you take a little flyer. You see if this works out, and if not, as you mentioned, you guys still have a really good GM. My only thing is like Quentin Nelson is in his prime, and like I would love to take advantage of that and him being like probably the most dominant interior offensive lineman right now in the league. And so if you mm-hmm. can really Take advantage of that time right now I think that would be really important too But of course like you know I I think You guys are trying and you you guys did Try for Stafford it's just the Rams Offered a little bit more than you guys were comfortable with And then you end up with Wentz and so As you mentioned the connection that he has with Frank Reich I think that's there too and Hopefully that works out For you guys
1: yeah for sure I think Wentz to me reminds me of uh, Bucky from Avengers Oh, Like uh, what You know Like, he was this crazy soldier, Mm -hmm. uh, but he he has mentally just been completely (laughs) freaking, what are those words like? Parachute, Mm. submarine, stop it, no, stop. He's like, you know, he's like so mentally damaged. Like, Frank Reich is going to be the guy to to reverse all that and fix that and if he does he can come back as a winter soldier baby mm. but uh as of right now he's one-armed bucky with uh a lot of mental damage so mm. uh yeah i mean i think to summarize like upside is huge yeah. and what um you know and what we gave up not so much yeah um so, so that's where i am i think <sighs> yeah
0: yeah, and one last thing with you guys, you guys have a lot of cap space. So you guys will definitely be signing some guys and adding, I think, oh, weapons.
1: Robinson, please. Yeah,
0: yeah, that won't happen. But, you know, they'll, they'll <laughs> definitely um, add some weapons around um, Carson Wentz to enable him to be better. And uh, and look, the biggest thing is he's got a way better offensive line in front of him now. He's got Jonathan Taylor sure. behind him, you've got Michael Pittman, and you guys are going to bring guys in. So it, it, it's the time to be excited. And as a Jet fan, I, I look at my team and I don't feel as bad anymore either. I think I love my new coach. I love you know the assets that we have, and I think we're going to do a lot with the cap space that we have. And look, dude, there are going to be a ton of free agents this year because teams and the new cap and just teams lost. Look, I, I heard this, on, uh, I heard this on, a, on a different pod recently, and they said the NFL is the one league where teams never lose money. And for the first time last year, NFL teams lost money. And so mm. we're going to see a lot of guys hit the free agent market that we didn't expect to see. Like even today. Right, um, um, who was it? The uh, the Seahawks, right? They let uh, Carlos Carlos Dunlap go. That that's something that you wouldn't have seen a year ago, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to be on the market, and that's a guy that's going to be heavily coveted as as a you know four three defensive end. And I think, hey, my Jets will be looking at that. I'm sure we'll will be looking around. And so it's a good time to have money, especially free uh, cap money. That's for you guys. That's for me for for my Jets. And it's, it's an exciting time. And I think the draft is like what. 50 days away or something so you know things are going to heat up and it'll be fun but um
1: i love the NFL draft i yeah. love it yeah. um yeah exciting <sighs> things to come you know where will russell wilson go where will deshaun watson go mm-hmm. um what is it somebody else too oh D- Dak got signed today he
0: did um, he got the extension
1: 40 million a year not, not bad. bad Not bad money yeah not bad mm-hmm. at all actually yeah, not bad. Uh, he went from like not possibly never returning and
0: to a lot of money so yeah. deservedly so and dak had a really good season last year too before he got hurt right. So I,
1: I think we saw like you know the big question going into that i mean i don't know if we, like i don't want to spend too much time on this but yeah. it was like zeke or dak right that was like the conversation right. back then and we saw like without dak this team was, I mean, uh, I mean, there are some like things we can consider like the O line wasn't the same. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, but clearly here either Zeke is hurt or like, I don't know, something was wrong, but Dak was, I feel like the big hole in this team, mm-hmm. you know, like that you felt his, you felt his absence yeah. and the Cowboys were just so bad. Yeah. So, you know, I think they realized that. And they're like, you know what, we got to pay this boy, get him back. Um, yeah. Yeah,
0: (laughs) it's gonna be fun, dude. It's gonna be fun. And uh, uh, hey, I This is a good time for us to end things. I think, you know, for our listeners out there, we hope you're getting excited for the second half of the NBA season. It's going to be crazy. I think a lot's going to go on. We still – look, here's the thing, Andrew. We don't know what's going to happen with COVID. We don't know what's going to happen with injuries. We don't know what's going to happen with the trade deadline coming up. We didn't even talk about that. There could be some big-time trades coming down the pipe. We don't know, you know, and then the NFL draft is coming. So, guys, we just want to say we took a little bit of a hiatus, but we're going to try to get back to our regular – weekly recordings to, to put you know the content out there. We appreciate you guys for hanging with us during this little break. And um it's good to be back. This is this was a good one, right? We we got we got our feedback under us again, right? For sure. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah it's good to be back. Yeah. And um, you know, I know it was a little bit of a hiatus, but I think both of us were pretty busy. Yeah. And you know, we don't want to just put like crap out there. So uh, no crap. I think it's good to, Yeah. Just to put like good content where both of us can be focused and like you know hone in on it. So hopefully uh we're back on schedule. But um yeah, everyone stay safe. Mm-hmm. Go get vaccinated if you can.
0: Mm-hmm. um We love you. Did you get vaccinated? No, not yet.
1: Not yet. Oh, shoot. Okay. I'm yeah. gonna anti vaccine Just kidding. Just kidding. Try that out, Mike. Just please. Just
0: kidding. Just a joke. Hey, yeah, we haven't talked joking. to office. Uh, man, I miss The Office, dude. Me the hell too. Do they I go was to that. No. Jesus. Dude, I know. I, I
1: know you said you pay for Peacock, but have you been watching it as much or no?
0: No, no, I, I don't pay for Peacock. I was using Mike's, and Mike's listening right now. Mike, we've been using your account, but we haven't been watching The Office the same because it's not Netflix, you know? <sighs> in your head, in your head. <laughs> Zombie, zombie! Oh man, now I miss Andy. Oh. I was driving the other day, and I was thinking about, and I was listening to the Office Ladies pod, and they were doing the the Survivor Man episode. God, what mm. an episode, huh? What a freaking great episode!
1: Yeah. Jesus, Survivor Man is the uh, the one where he takes a camera to the forest.
0: <laughs> I fashioned my pants I... into a hat. <laughs> I have emeralds. Jan is plastic boobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that episode
1: Happy
0: is. <laughs> I can't even go that high. I can't even do it. Oh my god! I do love that episode. It's such a good one. Such a freaking. He comes back to the office in a Battlestar Galactica sweater. Amazing. Mm-hmm amazing so freaking good all right anyway guys we love you we appreciate you guys this has been the secret weapon secret weapon secret weapon podcast we love you guys we appreciate you guys tune in next week because we're gonna keep bringing the heat all right bye 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 bye, bye. Peace. The Secret Weapon Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Head to anchor.fm slash secretweaponpod to find your podcast app of choice. If you like this podcast, tell your friends to listen, subscribe to our feed, and leave a review
1: on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We've got more episodes coming soon.